This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. Good evening, everyone. Happy Sabbath, everyone. How are you feeling tonight? Great? Oh, yeah, definitely great because we are alive. We are moving. And it's the Sabbath of the Lord. Yeah. So we should feel great because there are blessings during those hours, right? And I thank God for the privilege to be here tonight with you guys and the privilege for those who join us online also to be with them. And I pray that God will bless each one of you with a special portion of blessing tonight knowing what exactly each one of you need. And pulling out his blessing according to your specific needs. This is all I hope and pray tonight. You know, we've been in this uh, journey, priorities of faith. I don't know about you. Since Wednesday of last week to tonight, I've been blessed. I've heard a lot. I've learned a lot. I've prayed. And I've been challenged a lot. Because those who know me knows that the, the, the question of faith is, is one of the real I'm challenged more in life. And when you put together faith and priority, I am in trouble. I'm checking myself on how I, I set my priorities or, or, or I go after my priorities and how I live my life knowing God, but how I build that faith in God. But these 10 days, they were good and a blessing to me specifically. We were invited to, to reflect on what matters to God and make choices to fully experience God's grace. Recognizing at the same time that we live in really difficult times. And we are called uh, through these um, nights to, to prioritize. And if you know something about prioritizing, you know it's all about making choice. And staying focused on your choices. And looking at all the things that are affecting you when you walk toward, toward your goal 
goals and to put them on a, on a scale from most important to completely irrelevant, in some cases, undesirable. Because you're focusing on these priorities. And since Wednesday of last week, Pastor Lindsay first, and then Principal Stevenson, and then Sister Ludes, Wednesday night, they took us through this journey of faith, calling on God to take control of our lives, control of our heart and minds. Yes, and change our life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Tonight, you know, in a certain way, they've, they've done all the work, all the heavy, heavy lifting. And I got the easiest night because all I come to tell you tonight is, yes, this is important to prioritize. Yes, you're in that work of faith, but you cannot do it alone. Amen. This is all I'm here to say. I can say amen, and I can go back to my seat. You know, uh, so the, the, the pastor who wrote those, those 10 days, you know, title tonight, you know, this is this tough title, you know, priorities of faith, be rich in what matters, be more analog. And I kept telling myself, well, why all these words and stuff like that? And I try to bring it down to a title tonight, simple, strength in unity until the end. Strength in unity. If you are, we are united in our union, you get the strength and we can carry each other to the end. Lord God, our Father in heaven, we are blessed to be here tonight. We are blessed by all those nights where you talk to our heart and mind inviting us to renew our relationship with you and taking us through a journey of faith. We thank you, Father. And tonight, we are inviting your presence. We are acknowledging your presence here. And you are, we are ready to receive the blessing of the night. I pray, O oh Lord, that you remove me from the picture, that you talk to your people and to myself and change us for good. As we know, the day of the end is near, and you cannot afford to miss it. Have mercy, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yes, we, we whenever the, 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 the title, the original title referred to analog, there is one other word, the concept that comes in Jean-Paul, uh, it's a digital world. We live in a digital world, right? And, and however, while we live in a digital world, our tangible reality remains important to human beings. And this will not change. And we are in a spiritual journey, and we are constantly confronted with the same dynamics and the question that is uh, that is that rises to our to our reflection tonight is whether we want to engage with God and our fellow human being only from a virtual digital perspective when God himself is seek a real tangible analog type of relationship with us 
That brings us to our verses tonight. Our verses tonight, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Our verses tonight. Thank you. Sweet. And let us consider one another in order to stop love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as is the man of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching. Those verses challenging us to accept God's calls to do life together, basically. This is all how we can summarize it. There is God's calls to, to do life together in the context, specific context. The end is near. And in these verses, there offers an invitation to seek way to engage and support each other in love and good works. Good works, so in love and deeds. Not talk, but we love action. In these verses, there is also a decision to continue to gather together Contrary to some, for some reason, whatever the reason, whatever reasonable they might be, we decide that they don't necessarily want to gather anymore. And to keep encouraging each other. And why we are doing all that is because, as you see, the day approaching. And as you see, it's clear, the day is near. Before going back to this verse, I, I would like very quickly to put them, to give them more perspective in the context of Hebrews, uh, the chapter 10 of Hebrews, and in the context, broader context of the book itself, because this is a book of the Bible that presents a comparison. Uh, this is a book that establishes a replacement, a replacement, a necessary one, where Jesus is presented in the book of Hebrew as the true sacrifice who will accomplish through his death what the temporary sacrifice in the temple could not. Because what? The sacrifice in the temple, in the old covenant, they have to be repeated again and again. Why? Because they could not wash away the sin. But Jesus is coming, and through his death, as a replacement of the old covenant, and coming and dying in one sacrifice, he can take away, wash away all sin, and he does it one and once for all. So Ibu is telling us, in a certain way, this book is telling us, listen, this is the one and only sacrifice. So the question, the problematic of sin, your problem of sin, the issue of sin, finds its finalization, its stop, its solution in Jesus. This is where it stopped. In our, in, in our journey of faith, Hebrew 10, 24, 25 is inviting us to make the right choices, good choices, 
to prioritize what is truly important. Our connection to each other born from our connection to Christ. And because we are connected to each other, a connection that comes from our connection to Christ, we can walk together to the tough difficulties of life. We can walk together to the roughness that will take us all the way to the end. To the end where we will meet our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ again. So we are called to find ways to encourage each other and love again. Not only in words. Love and good works. Love in word and in action. Why? As you see, because as we can see, the day of the end is drawing near. If there is one very important thing that we as Christians should be concerned about now is the fact that the day of the end is really near, closer than we think. And when we agree or close it is, it will change our entire perspective of life, where we are in life, our relationship with God, and what we have to do to make sure that we have that relationship with God. And in the context of having that type of relationship with God, God is calling us, not just a relationship with me, but also a relationship with your fellow human being. Because we are the day to the end is closer and closer. Closer than some things. And we cannot afford missing it. We cannot take the risk to miss it. Our priority, our priority, if we cannot afford to miss it, if to live a life surely in a digital world, because we are surrounded by digital technology, and guess what? There, there really is a lot of good to that. However, how the, the, the author of those 10 days stated it so well, uh, and, I, and, and I just quote him, biblical spirituality is analog, not digital. It is based on personal and tangible practices between real people and the living God. So this statement here is not an attempt to question the value or, and contribution of digital technology to humanity. No, it's instead acknowledging a fact a fact that our God still wants us to be real with each other and real with him. He wants that real relationship, person to person, tangible relationship, not some virtual one. So, but thinking about it, and I start looking back at what happened those past few years with COVID-19. And among all the lessons learned from COVID-19, I'll put to two specific. Among all of the lessons learned, COVID-19 has shown us how important digital technology is to life and maintaining most life function going. 
we were able to have church online, you know, even communion online. Not great that one. Virtual meeting, we work remotely. And you know, all the function. Now, doctors, they don't even want to see you uh, um, physically, you know, if it is uh, uh, just to discuss the test result, you know. And we could go on and on and on. But COVID-19 has also shown us how digital technology is limited to fully uh, embrace our fundamental need for real interaction as human beings. And we came out from, away from COVID with a lot of mental issues across all age groups. This is two faces of the same coin. COVID showed us both. So whether in secular life or spiritual life, the point is human needs through connection. If we have to live a meaningful life, we need through connection. And God created us for real tangible, physical interaction with other creation and with him. And in the journey, spiritual journey of faith, and when I think of the, the, the path that is ahead of us and the nearness of his soon coming, I think that God calls us to a true helping relationship with one another. True, helping relationship with one another. The Bible is clear. What is the great advice that we found in Proverbs 27, 17? As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We all know this verse, right? As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. This is, a, this is mutual support. This is a response to, to fundamental needs of all humans. A need for connection. It's true that we live in a society that promotes individualism. And we know the, 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 the consequence of this promotion of individualism, or it leads to feeling of isolation and loneliness because we were not created to live in our corner or to live only behind the screen. We cannot go through life alone. God created us to be in relationship with one another. And Jesus went further. When he came down, he didn't do it alone. He could have. He was God could go on his way and walking alone. Nothing would have happened to him, you know, making miracles here and there, you know, and then died and go back home. No. He came. He brought 12 disciples. And he did life with them for years. He did it for one fundamental reason. Because he is the creator. He knows his creation. He was not on a mission, on a show and tell mission to show how great he is as a God, all the great things and then fancy things that he could do. He was there to set an example. And this example, he created that small community of 12, so 13, 12 plus 1, 
to live as an example of the importance of community. It's not only proverb. Women 12 gave a great example of the need for community in the Bible. Paul gave this advice to the women, describing in Romans 12, from verse 3 to 13. He gave plenty of advice. From verse 3 to, to, to 8, he expanded on the importance of being one body in Christ and using individual spiritual gifts to minister to each other. This is Paul. For I say to the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to take of himself more highly than he ought to take, but to take soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we are many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He will teach us in teaching. He will exhort in exhortation. He will give with liberality. He will lead with diligence. He will show mercy with cheerfulness. He's inviting us to, to share, to use it. For the community, the gift that he gave us. From verse 9 to 13 now, Paul goes deeper to provide advice in engaging us more, calling us to love and support each other and working the journey together. Verse 9 to 13, um, woman 12. Let love be without hypocrisy. About what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in, order, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saint, giving to hospitality. That's a long list. That's a long list. And this is a reality check for each one of us. Paul is not only saying them, well, guys, you are supposed to help each other. Oh, guys, you are supposed to share, to, to use the gift for the community. But it goes into details and listing and say, oh, by the way, let love without hypocrisy, a brotherly love, a love that is genuine, sincere, a love that is will. These are not rhetorical questions. No. Because it, give, it gives a list in this verse, it went into specific, giving clear example of how this love should be manifested in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, 
patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality. This is an invitation, a challenge to togetherness and to enjoy the journey of faith in real life, interaction, facing challenges together, knowing that we are not alone. And brothers and sisters, this cannot be achieved in a virtual setting. We need each other in a real world where we can see each other, where we can talk to each other, where we can give each other a hug, where we can tap someone in the back to encourage that person, where we can kneel with someone and pray with that person, where we can act intentionally to help someone. The Christian life cannot be lived virtually. At some point, I need to be able to talk to someone. I need to be able to see you and to feel that there is something that is going on and you need me or I need you. (laughs) And you know what? This is what we are doing here in Plantation Church. This is why we are inviting every single one of you to get connected to a life group. Because you cannot connect to seven, eight hundred, nine hundred people that are coming to, to, that are going to this church every Sabbath. I would like to. I would like to. The only way you, you, you can connect to 900 people is only if you're a politician. You know? <laughs> nice smile, you know, hi, how are you doing, uh, baby? You know, picture, you know, uh, I get you, you know. What is your name again? This is politician. For a vote. This is not real life. And this is what we are doing here. When you invite each one of you to get connected, and I invite you again tonight to get connected to a group because we need each other. And the songwriter says it well. I want my friends to pray for me, to bear my tempted soul above and intercede with God for me. I need the prayers of those I love. Don't ask me to sing it. But you know, because we need each other. This recommendation here from Apostle Paul in, in Romans, uh, they are taking us back to our verses today in Hebrew 10, 24, 25. Let us consider how to steal up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Brothers and sisters, there are so many benefits to being part of a loving Christian community. Because being in a community allows us to build friendship. And friends encourage us and walk alongside us when we are going through difficult times, when we are going through trials. And we do the same for them. Sometimes we cannot pray, but the friends takes over and pray for us. 
Yeah. We need that community because sometimes we need someone else to carry us in that journey. Yeah. Knowing that we have all the same goal. We are all going the same place. So I can carry you because I know where you are going. You can carry me because you know where I'm going because we are all going to the same place. Yeah. And most importantly, most importantly, friends can help us remain faithful and obedient in our work with Christ. It's not about because we are friends and then suddenly life is perfect. Because we pray together, life is perfect. We don't fall anymore. No, 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 no. We continue to fall. But we know that even when we fall, you know, we have someone to give us a hand, to pull us and to tell us, let's continue the fight, my brother. Brothers and sisters, we are in this journey of faith that requires us to prioritize because, because it is not an easy path. It might sound easy and attractive, but this is not the case in real life. We need each other. We need the love of a community. We need to unite in struggle. We need the strength that will only come from a united front and take us together to the end. This is why I'll say it again. Find, find a life group. Get connected to a life group, and there are multiple life groups in this, in this church. Find a prayer family, there are multiple prayer groups in this church. There are men's prayer group and women's prayer group, and there is the church prayer group, and there are other prayer group, and there are life group. Don't do it by yourself. Don't do it alone. This is a formula for what? Failure. Don't do it together alone. Don't do it alone. Doing it alone is a formula for failure. Doing it together is the formula for success. Because let me tell you something. It's true that salvation is personal. I cannot save you, you cannot save me. But as I always say, the Christian work is a team affair. You cannot do it alone. I cannot save you, you cannot save me. But in this journey, I need you and you need me. Because the end is real. The day is near. Yeah, the day is, it is real stuff. And day after day, we observe a world falling faster and faster in chaos. And chaos comes from all fronts. All fronts. These are the wars that are mercilessly destroying life. These are the local conflicts with their share of insecurity and senseless killing. It's the economic downturn that's destroying people's way of life and taking away people's hope. It is the natural disasters and the flood, the hurricanes, the drought, the tornadoes, the earthquakes that cause destruction and suffering. It is the mass shootings that create a fear to even leave your house and cause pain and suffering. It is the political system which is more and more unstable and can't reassure ordinary citizens. And it is the ugly face of depression taking control and taking away people's peace and serenity. And I could go on. 
and on and keep listing issues after issues in our chaotic, current chaotic world. The fact is that nothing works well in this world. Nothing. And there is no prospect for change. There is no prospect of progress. There is no prospect of respite, of restoration. Don't kid ourselves. But listen to me. Just reciting a list, this list, and sad list, just reciting it and staying there would surely have a negative impact on our mental state. This is not... The, the, the story doesn't end there. Because why? We know for sure that this world has no answer. The chaos will continue and get worse. But we also know... We also know that there is an answer. We know where to go to find the answer. We know Jesus. We know with certainty amidst the chaos that we have a God who is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear even though the earth be removed and through the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. The chaos will worsen, but we know with certainty that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. This is why we undertake this journey of faith. Not alone, but together. Loving and encouraging each other. Not in a virtual or digital world, but through real physical gathering and interaction. Not surprised by the turn of events in the world, but seeing the fulfillment of the promise. Not in doubt about the outcome, but with full assurance that the day is near and the day is coming soon. The question is now for you and me. Where am I in my journey of faith? This is a question. The question for me and you is, where is the community I am working with in the journey? The question for you and me is, am I ready for the day that is near? Brothers and sisters, we know for sure that the day is near and we have all proof in front of our eyes that the day is near, that something is happening and something huge is about to happen. But we don't look at this thing and trying to figure out what happened and how to position ourselves. We're not concerned about if we have enough money to rent some space on the ground or somewhere in space. We are not because we know what is happening. Because we know we can prepare. Because we know 
we can enjoy the work of faith because we know we can accept the one who is in control ultimately of all things, accept his invitation to a life, a will life of supporting each other, a life in community of self, and a life in community with our God. My invitation to you tonight is simple. What is the community we are working with? Where are you in your work of faith? And are you ready for the day that is near? May God bless you tonight into reflecting on this question and praying and asking God for mercy. Praying and asking God for forgiveness. Praying and asking God for a change of heart. Do you want to do that with me tonight? If so, I would invite you to stand up as we pray. Father in heaven, you see all your children standing tonight, those here in the sanctuary, or those home, and anyone else who will listen to this later, Father. I'm asking that you look at each one of us, that you look at our heart and mind, and that you know how much we love you, how much we want you to take control, how much we want to live in community, supporting each other in this journey, knowing that when we are together, we get the strength to continue with your help, with the power of your spirit. I'm calling on you, Father, tonight to pour out a special portion of your spirit in this room and to visit each one of us and visit those home and keep us in our resolve to continue down this path to eternity with you, Jesus, as our commander, as our guide, as our savior. So whatever comes on our way, we'll turn on you, Jesus, knowing that we know the end. Difficulties are not, challenges are not, problems are not. We know where we are going, yeah. and we will stay to this path, yeah. to eternity. Yeah. Oh, Lord, hear our cry tonight. Yeah. Oh, Lord, accept our pleas tonight. Oh, Lord, manifest yourself powerfully in our lives tonight. As we pray and call on you, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation's Seven-Day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.